How you doing? You ready? Let's get into it. Lord, bless our time. Holy Spirit, speak through me, for me, to all of us. If there be any distraction in the house today or any obstacle to your word going forth, may it be silenced and removed right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 5, and then I'm going to be in Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell on his face on the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? I think of undercover boss. As Joshua walks up to the leader of the Lord's army and said, who are you? Are you for us or against us kind of an idea? And the commander of the Lord's army uses restraint and says, hey, buddy, You work for me, right? And of course, he is humbled immediately and bows low to the ground and asks this question. What do you want your servant to do? The prayer of one. Today, we look at the prayer of Joshua, who had the audacity to ask God to make the son Stand still. (laughs) When you think of big prayers, I think this takes the cake. I can't think of any other prayer in Scripture, any other story that has this magnitude that the universe, the solar system, is literally pushed pause at the prayer of Joshua, but at the plan of God. Remember, the prayer of one, as we're talking about, is these huge miracle-working prayers, but they're always in alignment with the will and the plan of God. You can ask for big things, but when it doesn't line up with what God wants, it falls flat. You see, Joshua asked for the sun to stand still for the sake of God's plan to be accomplished upon the earth. I was sitting there this morning, and it hit me. What did Joshua have to do? What did his life have to look like for him to get to the point that he felt like he could ask for the sun to stand still, and it would? We're going to get to the prayer about the sun standing still, but I, I really want you to hear my heart on the front end of this message. 
that Joshua found himself to have the right attitude when almost everybody else in Israel had the wrong attitude. When everyone else said that we cannot win this battle, Joshua and another man named Caleb had the right attitude and said, with God's help, we can win this victory. So first of all, it had a, he had a right attitude. He knew that with God's help, anything could be accomplished. Let's start there. And then Joshua had a humility about him, a servanthood about him, where he sat in the wings and in the shadow of Moses for decades. He wasn't the leader. He was the assistant to the leader. And so I think he had to have the right attitude, and the right attitude got him the right position. And then when he was in the right position, he served with excellence and humility. Some of us need to find a Moses to serve. And if you start off with the wrong attitude, you'll never find that. Because Moseses don't let people with wrong attitudes serve them. Are you with me? Great leaders look for great attitudes. He served Moses. He had the right attitude. And then when the time came for him to lead the children of Israel, God said to him, I will be with you as I was with Moses. And these people will do what you say as they did for Moses. And it was in that moment that I came to realize that in order for you to get to the point where you can ask for God you can ask God for the sun to stand still, prayers like that, then you must be in position to ask God for something like that. And it takes time, humility, the right attitude. Some of us want all of the blessings of long life of servitude to the Lord Jesus within the first week. And while God's grace is sufficient for you, and while God's mercies are new every morning, there is something about serving God for a period of time and growing in your spiritual life. And some of us want what spiritual giants have experienced, and we merely have walked out of the spiritual womb. Are you with me? And I'm reminded of Paul who says, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be drinking milk spiritually still. It's time for you to grow up and to eat meat. Today we look at a spiritual giant, Joshua, who prayed a big prayer and saw a great victory. We're gonna learn about the principles that go around this prayer, but the idea and the conviction that I want you to understand is don't wait until next week to start serving God with all that you got. Start now. Because you never know what 10 years from now, your, what your position is going to be. What will God put in front of you? Well, I can tell you, if you don't start today, then 10 years from now, it ain't going to happen unless you have the right attitude and start serving in humility and position yourself to pray that prayer. Are you with me? Here I am, an old man. And I remember in my 20s thinking, I can do it better than that one and that one and that one. So if you're in your 20s, trust me, you can't. (laughs) 
And everybody over their 20s can say amen to that. Now, we believe here at Greater Life Church in the next generation. That's why on Tuesday evening we have ministry to young adults. But can I tell you, we want to invest in the next generation. Because God knows, and so do we, that it only takes one generation for this gospel to die. One generation to stay silent. If you look at the victories of Joshua, you're also reminded that as soon as we get into Judges, the Bible tells us in the first chapter of Judges that the people that saw the miracles that Joshua experienced had died and they forgot God. Can I tell you, Greater Life Church, let us never forget God. What God is doing right now in 2022 at Greater Life Church is going to be amazing and awesome. But all it takes is for us to go by life and to forget to tell the next generation of the goodness of God, and it goes away. This is why we put pictures from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 70s on our lobby. Because we stand on the heritage, we remember God's goodness, and we look forward to more of God's blessing. In order for you to pray the prayer that the sun could stand still, you've got to position yourself now. Today's message is based on the idea of if I only had a little more time. You may be here today struggling with something, an enemy stronghold or an attack for a long, long time. I'm telling you today that there is victory. God will bring you to a place of victory, and I'm believing that today is the day that many of us can experience and learn again that the time of waiting is over and the day of victory has arrived. We're going to learn about a, a battle that happened in a place called Gibeon. We're going to learn about an amazing war, an amazing battle that Joshua won with the children of Israel. But this battle was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of the end of the defeat for the enemy and the promises of God to be fulfilled in the promised land. Today can be the day of the beginning of the end for whatever you're struggling with. Today, you can choose to allow God to be God once again. Joshua chapter 10. I know I've already prayed, but let me do so one more time. Dear Jesus, please. Let us experience your word, fresh and anew. We submit these few minutes to you, Holy Spirit, by your power. Show us. Show us what we need to see today in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 10, verse 6. Number one, the enemy attacks without warning. The enemy attacks without warning. We all know what a gut punch feels like. We say that, oh, it feels like I've been punched in the gut. I feel like, I feel like I've been snuck, snuck up on. Something, something jumped out at me. We all know what that's like, that one phone call that could change your whole day. And the enemy attacks without warning. Let me first remind you that we are in a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare. And the devil is the enemy. And his demons are his agents of evil. 
and they think through how they are to attack the people of God. And they attack the vulnerable. Scripture tells us that the devil is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Lions hunt the weak and separated. I don't need a home church. I can serve Jesus on my own. No, you can't. How can you love Christ without loving the body of Christ? The church is flawed. Yeah, I get it. The devil's looking for the separated by themselves, and he's looking for the weak and the sick. I believe that God's plan is the best plan, that the body of Christ is the best way for us to disciple, love, and support one another. If you're here today, I know you agree with that. The enemy attacks without warning. Joshua chapter 10, verse 6. These men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand against you. A reminder here is that the army of Israel was strong and numerous because God strategically placed them away from conflict for 40 years. So they could grow. Now sometimes we feel like God is being mean by keeping us away from opportunities and, and growth or leadership or whatever the case may be. But God knows what you're going to face on the other side of the wilderness. And your time in the wilderness is directly connected to the assignment on the other side. And so if they had not been building an army for 40 years, they wouldn't have been ready to go and fight these five Amorite kings, these powerhouses. That's extra. You see, the Gibeonites were friends with the Israelites. They had garnered an arrangement, an agreement that they would have the responsibility to fight for one another if either was under attack, almost like a NATO type of thing going on here. And so as Gibeon was coming under attack by the Amorite kings, the call went out to Joshua, and Joshua responded because he said he would. The enemy attacks without warning. Three things on your note sheet. Attacks friendships. Attacks friendships. Let me remind you that whatever's going on on the surface is not the only thing going on. We have got to, as spiritual people, as people that serve the Lord Jesus, we have got to use discernment when we see things kind of going haywire. We've got to take a step back and say, okay, devil, what are you trying to do here? Because I need to come against it in the spirit. Attacks friendships. The enemy attacks in times of peace. Obviously, there'd be no war if there'd be no attack if it was already in a time of war. It would just be the status quo. 
And sometimes the enemy finds those times, those opportunities, those windows where we feel like everything's okay. And here he comes. The third thing that's interesting here is the enemy is always the aggressor. When you look at the Old Testament, you take these principles and you take these things, the enemy's attacking Israel and Joshua, and you apply them to a New Testament lens. Joshua is literally translated Yeshua, Jesus. Joshua's people, the Israelites, Jesus' people, the body of Christ. You play all these things out, and how many times do you find infighting and backbiting in the church as the devil attacks friendships and attacks at a time of peace and is always the aggressor? And sometimes as a pastor, we go through these things, and out of nowhere, things just go crazy for a week or two. We're like, what's going on? Let's go to prayer. The enemy attacks without warning. Number two, God fights with you. Now, I know the scripture says in one place that God fights for you. But the principle in this passage is that God fights with you. In Jericho, God fought for them. The walls fell. All they had to do was march around. And then they just came in and took the spoils. But in this story, God fights with them against Gibeon. They had to use their swords. They had to go out to battle. They had to dress in the armor. Joshua chapter 10, verse 9. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic. And the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Haran, killing them all along the way to Ezekiah and Maccadai. As the Amorites retreated down the road of Beth Haran, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hail storm from heaven that continued until they reached Ezekiah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. <laughs> God fights with you. First thing I see here is it's a battlefield of the mind. You see, it, Joshua was coming under the cover of darkness overnight and was going to attack them and surprise them. And the Bible tells us that God threw them in a panic, so their minds were all kind of wonkified. Are you with me? That's a theological term we're going to use today. When you've got a wonkified mind, you're already messed up. And so he threw them in a panic, which made it Israel, easy for the Israelites to come in and just clean house. You see, my Bible tells me that in Ephesians 6, 6 17, that, that we, had, we have a mind of power ready for action, it says. <laughs> In 1 Peter 1, 13, it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. My mind is the mind of Christ. I don't have a spirit of fear. But of what? Of power and of love and of sound mind. I like the power on this one because I'm coming in power against the enemy and the enemy is thrown into a panic because the battlefield starts in the mind. When your mind is messed up, everything else follows. Sometimes we're in our fields too long. Our emotions steer the heart 
than steer the mind. And Paul talks about bringing the flesh under the blood and submitting it to the cross. And sometimes we have to say, no, 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 that, that, that thought is not from God. The scripture tells us to take every thought captive and submit it, amen? And, and, and so, many, so many Christians nowadays have forgotten this discipline that we let our thoughts run free and we begin to follow those thoughts and they lead to action and the Bible tells us that, that the thoughts leads to action and the action leads to death. Can we stop at the thought and say, that I'm submitting to the cross. That I'm taking captive and it will not drive my life. I have a mind of power. Oh, pastor, the devil's been beating up on me this week. Turn the tides. In Jesus' name, put the enemy in panic. Two of you are with me today. Church, I feel like we got something going and we, we need to hear this word today. The battlefield of the mind is where it starts. Secondly, the battle is the Lord's. Even before it started, it was already his. He already knew it was coming. He already knows how he's going to win. And he already knows the part you're going to play. The battle is the Lord's. And it almost is interesting that no battle is the same. When you go through the conquest of Canaan and you see Joshua, no battle was the same. These walls fell. They had to play trumpets and, and smash candles, and that was Jericho. Gibeon, I'm going to sneak in there in the middle of the night, and everybody's in a panic, and I'm going to clean up, kill all of the army. And we see even beyond this, the next two chapters of Joshua is how they won at all these places in different ways. The battle is the Lord's. Our help comes from heaven. And our help is greater than our efforts. This passage about the hailstorm that God sends that ended up killing more than the sword is the thing I want us to really concentrate on right now. That our best efforts, our hardest fight, our sharpest sword still can't compare to when God gets involved. But... If we're not swinging the sword, the hailstorm may never come. As God is waiting to be with us in battle, it's kind of like, man, it seems like it's been a theme the past couple of weeks that we're to, we're to pray the prayer, but we're to get up from our knees and do the action too. The prayer of one is effective. The prayer of one is powerful. The prayer of one can change things, but we need to be about the business of God after we say the prayer. God, send revival. If he wants to send revival, what are we doing to prepare for the revival? I think of the farmer that's out there getting the field ready and hadn't rained in years and he's being made fun of and like, what are you doing? Why are you even, I'm preparing for rain, man. So when it comes, I'll be ready. What are you doing to prepare? It's our responsibility to be present and engaged in the battle. And it is God's power to do more than we could ever do on our own. God is calling us today, church, to fight with him, not for him or independent of him. I need one person to say amen to that. 
That's too many. You guys don't follow instructions. Just kidding. God is calling us to fight with him, not for him or independent of him. When Jesus comes and cracks open the eastern sky in the second coming and wins the battle, he brings us with him. <laughs> we get to watch. He doesn't say, y'all stay here. I'm going to go do this thing and get the new heavens and the new earth ready and then I'll bring y'all with me. We are with him in the sky. We can fight with the Lord. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to fight with him. It's not as much fun. The victory isn't as much fun if I'm not with the Lord. I want to, give me a part. You know, give, give me a slingshot. I know you got, you got the hailstorm, but give me something, God. Let me, let me participate. Can I at least bring you, can I bring you something? Can I wipe your breath? I want to participate. I want to be with the Lord in battle. Not in the tent. Not in the green zone. And you know why? Because I know if I'm with the Lord in battle, I'm just as protected if I'm back there in the green zone watching TV. Huh? If I'm with the Lord in the tank, if I'm with the Lord on the battlefield, I'm just as protected as if I'm completely removed. So I want to be standing right beside him. I want to fight with him. I'm not scared of the devil. He doesn't scare me one bit. And it stinks to have a world that is always in retreat at the whim of a ghost or a demon. But that's because they don't know Jesus. I know Jesus. And greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And the same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, dwells in you. Oh, man. Church of God, arise. Number three, powerful prayers within the camp bring great miracles beyond the camp. Powerful prayers within the camp. Almost went to tongues for a minute there. <laughs> powerful. <laughs> powerful prayers within the camp bring miracles beyond the camp. Joshua 10, verse 12 says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. Where did he pray to the Lord? In front of all the people of Israel. Where did Elijah pray on the mountain? In front of all of Israel. You know, it's okay to ask God for big things and to tell people, I'm believing God for this miracle. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to tell somebody that miracle you're praying for so y'all can celebrate together. I believe that gone are the days that we're going to go. I mean, you need to go into your prayer closet. You need to get before God. But there's something about being bold in your prayer and, and, and sharing with someone what you're believing God to do. I'm believing God to bring that lost loved one back to Jesus. I'm telling you right now, all of y'all, I got a brother who lives in Georgia, and I believe God He's going to bring them back to Jesus, and he's going to bring them back with a fire. I believe it. He's been listening to Pastor's Prophecy Hour and been texting us all about it. Man, he's getting, he knows it's coming soon. Hallelujah. I believe it. 
Great prayer. Out loud and full of faith. I remember when Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, Father, I thank you for always hearing me. I know you always hear me, but for the sake of these people, I pray this out loud right now. Lazarus, come forth. Huh? <laughs> and here comes Lazarus. Oh, what? You know, the story of Lazarus is amazing. You know, the Pharisees didn't get really mad at Jesus until Lazarus came back to life. And right after they said, we got to kill Jesus. Now we got to kill Lazarus too. This is, this is out of control. He's raising Lazarus from the dead. Everybody knows Lazarus. I would, I would welcome, I would pray and believe, I would thank God for that type of a miracle here at Greater Life Church that the devil goes, okay, 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 we got to pull out all the stops against GLC. Bring, br bring it. Because Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, which is our lead pastor, we all serve him. Listen, we are going to be about the business of what God has called us to do. And ain't nobody going to stop it in the spirit realm or the physical realm in Jesus' name. Great odds. When God's on your side, you know, no matter how many you're facing, it just doesn't matter. Five kings, five Amorite kings who were incredibly powerful, had in, in, incredible armies, weaponry. Five kings came together and said, we're all gonna go against this little fledgling of a nation called Israel because they're teamed up with Gibeon. And so now we gotta go fight because he's getting a little bit too powerful. Let's all come together. Why did they have to call each other? Because they saw what God did at Jericho. And here again, God, can you just do something this year at Greater Life so people will say, well, look what God did in 2022. I wonder what he's going to do in 2023. <laughs> Listen, if Jesus gives us the time, we're going to see amazing things. But if he comes back, I'm all right with that. That means we're done. When you're about the Lord's business, miracle prayer should be prayer that's expected to be answered. So many times we pray prayers of faith, but there's really no faith there. But God, if you, if you so feel that maybe you could, if you get time, listen, you're not commanding the God of heaven and earth anyway. Don't get it wrong. Don't misinterpret what I'm telling you. No one comes into the throne room of heaven and said, you said I could say anything in Jesus and you'll do it. So here's what I want. Number one, I need the house prices to drop because I got to buy a house. Number two, I need the gas prices to drop because I'm walking in. Number three, you know, see, that's, that's the name it, claim it situation. That's, that's where I, I believe some people miss it, the word of faith, and some, some, some of the people out there is like, you, you go say it, and God has to do it. God don't have, don't come, uh, really? The, uh, the audacity. Now, Joshua prays the sun stand still because God led him to do so. But can you picture Joshua out there? God, the sun stands still. You have to do that. <laughs> 
Joshua, it ain't happening. Church, I, I want us to understand something. God is still the one who decides. But it is our opportunity to pray the prayer of faith and believe it as if it's going to happen. And when it does, we celebrate. And when it doesn't, we say, God, do best. His ways are higher than my ways, your ways, and everybody else's ways. And he knows best. Amen? But I'm still going to pray like miracles are going to happen. Be interesting study if you want to take the time to look it up that science has actually proven that there is a missing day in history. There was a day that was actually missing because the sun stood still. Now, they'll explain it away about some kind of weird thing. But there is a missing day in the calendar. Number four, I haven't been preaching until right now. Finish it. Frankly, transparently, honestly, I picture Karate Kid. I picture the guy. Finish him! That's what's in my head. So now you're there with me. <laughs> Except we're on the good team, you know. We're in the reboot, reboot Cobra Kai. Here we go. Finish it. Y'all stop. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? It's going so good. Joshua chapter 10, verse 16. There's a lot here. I'm going to kind of, is it up there? The long thing? The long verse? Yeah, it's up there. All right, so I'm just going to touch on a few things. Joshua heard the commands, verse 17. He issued the command, cover the opening of the cave. So these kings, they ran away. They, they were hiding in the caves. Verse 19, the rest of you going down, chase the enemy, kill them, do your thing. Next slide. Joshua and the Israelite army continued to wipe them out. Verse 21, then the Israelites returned safely with Joshua to the camp at Mecca. They took a chill pill. They relaxed for a little bit. Next thing. Then Joshua said, remove the rocks. Verse 23. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, now come put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. Then Joshua killed each one of them, five kings, impaled them on five sharpened poles where they hung until evening. Brutal. Scripture interprets Scripture. And in Scripture, we find out that many times there was a demonic or spiritual power attached to kings 
prince of Persia. The king of Babylon is even addressed as the son of the morning. And we find that these kings and these rulers in the ancient world were attached to spiritual powers. Come on, you're going to go with me on a journey. Now, here's the thing. Many people in those days held kings in such high regard, they were greatly feared and commonly understood that they were more than human. Kings were connected to gods in different ways, and many thought that after they died, they would go on to become gods. Huh. In Genesis 3.15, it's prophesied that the offspring of the woman would come in contention, conflict with the enemy, and the enemy would bruise their heel, but they would crush their head. And God showed me this, that that prophecy started here and finished at the cross because these leaders of the army of Joshua were required to place their foot on the head of the king. You see that? It's almost if God has said, watch this. <laughs> let, me, let me give you something here that paints the picture of your assignment for today, Greater Life Church. It's high time that we stop running from the end and we put our foot on the neck of the enemy. We kill the king that is attached to that spiritual thing that keeps tearing our family down and our, our life down and our workplace down and our neighborhood down. I'm telling you, take your foot and put it on the neck of the king. Because when we do that under the leadership and under the compulsion of the Holy Spirit, Joshua being a picture of Jesus here, Jesus is the one that comes with the sword that comes from his mouth. <laughs> and while we're holding them down, Jesus finishes the job. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Whatsoever, whatsoever things we bind on earth, huh? We'll be bound in whatsoever. What we take authority over now, we give the opportunity for Jesus by the power of the sword to finish with us. Andrew, are you saying that we have the responsibility to fight against the yeah, Yes, yes, and amen, yes. And I'm telling you, ain't nobody's, no one else's responsibility to fight your demons except yours. Come on. Now, let me take you somewhere else. Only you can choose to truly end strongholds in your life. It is with God's help and the sword. Sometimes we allow offenses to hang over us and to fester into bitterness and division. We have the authority to end poisonous relationships and demonic influence and simple strongholds. Inner healing is a process that we've got to allow to take place by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is where the scripture says, where two or three agree in my name, I will do anything for them. Sometimes you may feel like I can't do this on my own. Two or three can agree and we can break it. Amen? Because sometimes it's so intertwined into our history and our past that we can't without the help of someone walking through it. Finally, we've got to bury a monument to God's power. After they killed the kings, they stacked up those 
caves so everybody would remember. They put these kings on poles so everyone that walked through remembered and knew that all these demonic kings that were considered gods are nothing to the God of Israel. And I'm telling you, church, I'm ready for the day that the demons run from us and we stop running from them. What will you pray for if you're given that opportunity? What enemy will you, atta- will you act to defeat in your own life? Will you heed the words of Joshua that says, don't ever be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous for the Lord is going to give you victory over your enemies. The word that the Lord God spoke to him is now on the lips to his leaders. And I want you to know that God can and he will defeat your enemies with you. Are you ready for victory? Bow your heads with me. Lord, right now, do something amazing. You can do something in one minute that lasts for eternity. And so, God, right now, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that by an act of response of people in this room that, Lord, you would supernaturally intervene in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at me. You need breakthrough. You need a stronghold broken. Stand to your feet right now. Right now. Right now. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Right now. I had a plan, but the plan's out the window because there's too many standing. If you're standing and you need breakthrough, body of Christ, church family, stand beside them. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Just get beside them. If you need breakthrough, I want you to hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift. And I'm going to pray God can do in the spirit what we can't do in the physical right now. Because I can't lay hands on all of you and we don't, we don't have enough prayer team to go around. But we've got people that love Jesus that are standing beside you. So if you're looking for deliverance and you're looking for breakthrough right now, put those hands out like God is about to lay a sword in your hand the weapon of choice to defeat this enemy. Right now, put those hands out. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you would do what only you can do, that these people that have stood up that said they're ready to put their foot on the neck of this stronghold, that this thing, this king, this this thing that has power in their life is to be defeated right now. And I ask you, God, by the power of your spirit, that you would give them the weapon and the power to break this. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Like you did for Joshua. The son stood still to give him time to truly defeat the enemy. Lord, we're asking right now. Break this curse. Break it now in Jesus' name. If you're praying for breakthrough, 
If you stood up, I want you to verbalize and simply say, in Jesus' name, I break this curse. Just say it right now. You pray that prayer of faith. You pray it out loud. You believe that it's happening and it's going to happen now. God, right now, in this place and in this house, may your power overwhelm and fill and encourage. May people standing here today receiving breakthrough know, oh God, that Monday is going to be different to today. That today it changes, it breaks, and it's behind them in Jesus' name. Today is the beginning of the end of this battle. Church family, take a couple of minutes and pray. Come on. Pray right now. Pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. It's breaking, church. Come on, pray through. It's breaking, church. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Right now, thank you, Lord. 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 The voice of the enemy is silenced. The assignment of the enemy is canceled. The plans of the enemy fall flat right now in Jesus' name. For everyone, God, that stood in this house right now, oh God, may they in their spirit, deep within their heart, may they feel and sense the power of an almighty God restoring the broken pieces, building back up the broken pieces in Jesus' name. Build warriors in this house right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. Lord, and as you did for Joshua, we ask you to do today that these kings, these Amorite kings, these enemies that have come against us from many different directions, Lord, that you throw them into a panic and you send them running in fear. Never, ever to return that these enemies we see today that we walked in here with, that you have defeated each and every one of them. I see in my head right now, I see in my mind's eye, I see a checklist that is 100 feet long and it's being checked one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Addictions, relationships, brokenness, one at a time. Suicide, one at a time. He's checking it off right now in Jesus' name. Depression's gone. Healing in your body right now, right now, right now, right now. Take it, church. Take it, church. Thank it for it like he did it already. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah.
Let's thank Him for that word. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. Scripture says that Joshua conquered all these kings and their land in a single campaign. Today is that campaign, church. Today is that campaign. We'll look back on this day. You will look back on this day. Today is that campaign. How in the world did he win a single campaign? For the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to the camp at Gilgal. That's a place of rest. I believe that you're going to have the best Sunday afternoon nap that you've ever had today. (laughs) Not me. I got to preach in Espanol in a few minutes. Me and Moises, we're still working. Church, while you're standing here, let me encourage you. God really is just getting started. Amen. Amen. We really have an assignment. I believe deep down within my heart we have a unique assignment for such a time as this. Next Sunday night, we have something called the soaking. It's a worship night. The name is the soaking, but we're not washing feet. It's okay. Soaking speaks of a spiritual soaking where we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. The Lord's given me a word for it, deliverance. Be ready. Get here next Sunday night. And we're going to be praying through. We're going to be worshiping. It's going to be an awesome time. It's also an opportunity for you to be able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the full gospel here at Greater Life. That's next Sunday night at 6 p.m. This Wednesday, we continue Pastor's Prophecy Hour. We talked about UFOs last week. If you're not listening to that on the podcast, you can't get here on Wednesday, listen to it on the podcast and share it with people. It's a now word, amen? I don't want to leave. I know you do. I got to stay anyway, so let me pray a blessing over you, Lord. In their coming and in their going, may their blessing follow them like a faithful friend. In Jesus' name, amen. One final announcement. Tomorrow night, we have, inter, uh, we have prayer service. Monday nights, each Monday night at 7 p.m. to 8. And if you want the prayer team to really minister to you, we also offer an opportunity for inner healing and praying through some of those things tomorrow night at 7 as well. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for being here.